0: Why should pastors strive for excellence in their creative storytelling? This week, award-winning filmmaker Dallas Jenkins joins us to share about faith, film, and telling breakthrough stories. It's all on episode 82 of the Church Leaders Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew
0: Hess. Thanks for tuning in to episode 82 of the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm Andrew Hess, your host, and this week we're talking with Dallas Jenkins. Dallas is the executive director of Vertical Church Media at Harvest Bible Chapel. He's an award-winning film director with movies like Hometown Legend, the short film Cliché, and his much-anticipated new film, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which releases in theaters January 20th. In this interview, we talk with Dallas about making this film, overcoming obstacles in the creative process, and why the church should strive for excellence in storytelling. And now, here's our conversation with Dallas Jenkins.
1: Dallas Jenkins, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. It's great to have you here.
2: Thanks for having me on, Brian.
1: Yeah, and we were talking earlier. It's been a little while, but we know each other from a little ways back and have followed your work and looking forward to this interview, man. I'm really, really pumped about it.
2: Yeah, no, I've always appreciated what you do and uh, obviously what outreach does, um, I think that what you guys are doing is aggressive and uh, trying to engage the church with culture which is kind of why I'm actually working at a church now which I never thought I'd be doing but uh, I'm, I think that this is a good a good marriage
1: yeah no definitely for sure and uh, and I think yeah the church and culture I think this what we're going to talk about a lot today so there's a lot of Great conversation we're going to head into um, that are it's really going to be relevant to our ministry leaders and pastors out there, and mainly we're going to talk about the release of your new film that's coming up January twentieth. It's the Resurrection of Gavin Stone, and uh, just to give you a little our readers a quick glimpse of like the actors in that it stars Brett Dalton, who readers might know from Agents of Shield. Also, Angela Johnson-Rays, who people might know from the movie Enough Said or Alvin the Chipmunks. But, of course, Mad TV's Bon Bonquiqui I think, is the most popular, at least for us and for our editorial team. And then also Shawn Michaels, who is a Hall of Fame wrestler. And uh, I think a lot of people will know him as well. And he's got a great testimony, a great story um, about his faith as well. So it's a story about a washed-up actor. Who's forced to do community service at a church. He tries out for the church's passion play, for the role of Jesus. There's kind of a battle between his drive for a Hollywood celebrity and the deeper meaning of life. And it kind of comes out in the role of this film. And it's a, it's a rom-com film, I would say. It's, it's got a little something for everyone in the church. A lot of fun. And I would say this before we jump in, just to kind of give um, uh, kind of a disclaimer. Uh, we sat and watched this, uh, an early screener with our editorial team. And there's a lot of skepticism that we have on Christian movies. But there are so many laugh-out-loud parts, and we felt like at the end, it was a really strong, positive. Uh, I think the rom-com storyline was a cut above, and we really approved and loved the film. So we're sharing this, and I'm having you on the show today because we think it's an awesome film, and we want to talk a little bit deeper about it. I think our church leaders need to know about it as well, too. So again, thanks so much for the work you're doing, and we'll dig in here in a second.
2: Yeah, that's, it's been really cool to hear your response because we've we've actually gotten a lot of that. A lot of like, huh, this is better than I expected. Or, huh, we were skeptical going in <laughs> and we actually laughed, which we never do uh, when uh, at, at faith-based movies, at least when they're trying to be funny. Usually we laugh when they're not trying to be exactly. funny. Exactly. Um, so we've, we've gotten a lot of that and that's been really encouraging um, because uh, I think that I'm really passionate about faith-based movies getting to a place where – They're not all the same, and I don't have any issues with other faith-based movies, but I think we were over the last five years getting a little homogenized, and I think that when we can get to a place where you've got some comedies, you've got some thrillers, you've got some slice-of-life stories, you've got some dramas, you've got some sermon-style movies like what the Kendrick Brothers are doing so well. So I just like that there's a mix, and I'm hoping that this movie can move the needle in that direction to where people can get together and laugh and maybe cry and actually also find some meaning, which I think is inherently important uh, in, in any faith-based movie.
1: No, I love that. And yeah, so let's talk about this too. Like this, the movie explores the gap between the culture and church, kind of the mainstream culture or those in the uh, you know unchurched category. And watching Gavin try to fit in brings a yeah. lot of those comedic moments. Um, do you think films like this I mean, it can really help, clo- help close that gap between— I think there's a sense of us in the church understanding how different we look and how different we are. Right. And there's a sense of saying, how do we communicate that to someone who's on the outside and, and make it welcoming for them to come
2: in? Yeah, that's there's essentially a two-part theme to this movie. Uh, one is Gavin's story. Obviously, he's not a believer. He hasn't been in church probably ever. Um, he shows up at church for the first time, sees that they're putting on this play— decides he'd much rather be acting in a play uh, than cleaning toilets for his 200 hours of community service. So (laughs) when he says, I'd like to be in the play, they say, well, you need to be a Christian because this is one of our ministries. Uh, You don't have to be a Christian to attend, but to be part of our ministries, we ask that you give a testimony. And he then, of course, on the spot says, well, I am a Christian uh, because he wants this opportunity. So then he quickly, of course, looks online to find out how to give a good Christian testimony. He has to learn how to speak Christianese, how to fit into his first church service, how to take communion, all that stuff. So like you said, that's where the humor comes from. But his journey of playing the part of Jesus and how learning more about Jesus, of course, impacts his life. That's one of the primary themes of the film. So his journey is one of the themes of the film. But uh, uh, there's an, a larger component to this too for pastors, For church leaders, which is why I think, you know, being with you on this podcast is appropriate, is the church itself, are we always aware and maybe are we taking for granted some of the things that we already know that we expect maybe outsiders to know as well? Do we some are, are we thinking enough sometimes about well, the things we say, how we say them? We don't ever want to water down our message, but is there a way that we can communicate better? Is there a way that we can maybe understand some of the ways that we take for granted not only how we communicate, but even some of the things that we experience in Christ, like grace?
1: Yeah, um,
2: Grace is a huge theme in this movie, as you saw. And one of the things that we found was interesting was, as I was writing this part of the script, Gavin experiencing, grace as an outsider and how big of an impact that was on him, comparing that to some of the regular churchgoers and how I think we sometimes take grace for granted, because maybe we haven't experienced in a while, maybe since we became Christians the first time, that kind of significant grace, the grace that finds you when you're in a ditch. Well, when you're a Christian, maybe you're not deep in the ditch like outsiders are, but that can. That, that's a good thing, but oftentimes that causes us to forget some of the grace that we're getting every single day. And so I know that's a long answer to the topic that you raised, but bridging that gap between uh, the fact that churchgoers have the same issues and the same problems and the same concerns that non-churchgoers have and how we can connect uh, in a better way and realize we're facing the same things and we're also experiencing the same things is one of the main themes of the film.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it makes me think of the passage, I mean, the, the forgiven much, love much you know, sure. aspect where it is like it's easy to get caught kind of in that bubble where we see things go on with life and grace becomes normal and average and we forget the radical, scandalous aspects of grace given to all of us yeah. at one point. So I love that. I love that aspect. And I think the cool part about this too is like you're saying, there's a lot of deeper themes that run through that that people can pull out from. But there's also just the fact that it's a fun movie and it's entertainment as well too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've we've had uh, there, we've actually taken video of some of the crowd reactions, you know, like a horror film will oftentimes record the crowd reactions getting scared and they put those in the trailers. We've been recording a few crowd reactions to get the last just to show people that how people react to this movie and the scenes of Gavin trying to navigate through church world pretending to be a Christian and actually pulling it off for the most part. Has I mean you know some of the biggest laughs that I've experienced as a filmmaker, uh, seeing the crowd reactions um, from both churchgoers and non-churchgoers, because I think the churchgoers appreciate the the inside humor, you know the 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 humor that comes from him trying to figure out how to do communion, how to greet people in in the lobby at the church, all that stuff, how to dress for church, Um, (laughs) you know what he what he thinks qualifies him to be dressed for church. So that's all funny, but then the the non-churchgoers can see it through his eyes. So if you think of a movie like Strat, where Whoopi Goldberg is trying to figure out how to act like a nun because she's trying to pretend to be one, yeah, um, that humor applied not only to the Catholics who watched it, but to someone like myself who's not a Catholic, but I appreciated just being a fish out of water. And I think anyone can identify with being a fish out of water in various scenarios, regardless of whether it's specifically church or something else.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And uh, especially the worship scene, that sticks out for those who see it. It's uh, right. a classic for sure. So let me talk about this. Like I know there's a lot of our listeners here who are involved in creative uh, pursuits in the church. You mean a lot of storytellers, a lot of um, uh, filmmakers, and I mean even if they're doing a baptism testimony film, things like that. But sure. I wanted to kind of dig in to see like what are, what were some of the biggest creative obstacles you faced in creating this? And and I think I, I want to call out to understand like or to say this that I know that creating a feature film production that gets landed into major theaters and major networks is a huge accomplishment um, from a faith-based or church-friendly angle. I mean, it's not—I just want to call that out. Like, understanding even accomplishing what you're doing is not a simple or easy task. Um, But I'd love to know, like, what what were some of those bigger creative obstacles you faced along the way?
2: Well, I'll get to that in just a second, but I want to say real quick first to address your question, because this is something that I think— your church leaders and the storytellers that are on staffs will appreciate. When I came to work at Harvest, I, I mean I had been in Los Angeles for 10 years making movies, and I had kind of given up on the on the fact, on the hope that the church and popular culture could be married together, that the church could kind of do storytelling and do media um, in the regular in, in popular culture. Permanently. I mean, I I always thought that the the church didn't want to engage with movies per per se, so they were always going to be separate. When I was called back to Harvest Bible Chapel by James McDonald to work there, and uh, the first three or four years that I was here, uh, I didn't get to make a movie. It was taking too long. The script was taking a while to develop. Um, It was difficult, and I was I got kind of stuck, quote unquote, in. Production and video world. So for three or four years, I wasn't a movie maker. I was a videographer, um, which I hadn't done before. But I was telling back to some testimonial videos. I was doing what we called "God at Work" testimony videos. I probably did, you know, sixty testimony videos of stories of people's lives being changed, and I would make these six-minute videos. And here's what's the, the interesting thing is. Not only did I enjoy it and get some value out of it just from getting to tell all these stories, but what I was surprised by was it made me a better filmmaker. When I got to finally make this movie, the act of storytelling, the act of condensing someone's life story into six minutes, figuring out the turns, figuring out how to more effectively communicate God's radical transformation in someone's life made me a better filmmaker. And so I think it's very important for the videographer at the local church or even the pastor to realize that we are all storytellers. We are all, in some ways, filmmakers, even when we're doing films that are five minutes long or films that aren't narratives, they're, they're nonfiction. If we can apply general storytelling techniques, classic storytelling techniques, that's what Jesus did. Jesus spoke in parables. So whether we're telling a true story or whether we're giving a sermon illustration or whatever, Um, If nothing else comes away out of this interview, I would love for your readers and listeners to know that the fact that I made a full-length feature film is not all that different from what local churches are doing on a regular basis. It's just larger scale. And it involves bringing in a larger crew and actors and all that kind of stuff. But you can do that at your local church. We have made short films. We have done five-minute films with actors. It's all one and the same. So the creative hurdles that I faced in this movie, some of them may be difficult to relate to because they involved you know, hiring a crew from Los Angeles to come to Chicago. Um, working with one of the biggest production companies in Hollywood and taking their notes And applying them to the movie and figuring out all the creative angles of how to communicate with not only my audience, but with my partners who were writing the checks. You know, that's that maybe is different, but the problems of storytelling and solving a storytelling problem and figuring out how to communicate the main character's emotional and spiritual journey is no different than a baptism video or a testimonial video.
1: I love that. No, I think that's a, it's a powerful connection too and I think the storytelling aspect is like we are storytellers and how to craft that in a unique way is so important for the message of the church. And, and before we jump on to the next question or to finish that question too, like I would love for you to to share like for any readers or listeners out there who are in the church now who are looking to get started in storytelling, what is maybe a book or a site or maybe a couple of resources you think are really valuable that they could jump into and kind of digest to get started.
2: Well, the, 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 I think the, the number one thing that many young, particularly Christian, aspiring filmmakers aren't doing enough of is simply watching movies. Um, and part of that comes from the fact that we oftentimes have standards for what we watch. We're not wanting to just completely you know, engulf and inject the message sure. of the world into our lives. And so parents are a little bit more cautious. But my son, for example, he's 15 now. I mean, he's for sure going to be a filmmaker. Um, it's it's his obsession. It's been that way since he was a kid. So my, as a parent, I'm cons- constantly looking for entertainment that is safe for him. But I'm saying, look, he's he clearly wants to tell stories, and I want him to be a great storyteller. And the best way to do that is to watch the best storytellers. So I would say, if nothing else, go to the list of, you know, look up, AFI top 100 films of all time and, you know, f- you know, maybe cross out the ones that are not appropriate for your child or if you are a 20-something, you know, maybe there's a couple films that, that don't qualify for your standards, but go through all those movies and watch them and listen to the director's commentaries and read Roger Ebert's review of them and, you know, analyze what makes good storytelling. So that's number one is just watching movies, watching great television series. Right now we are in a golden era Of cinematic storytelling on TV. And so there's a lot of great stuff out there. So that's number one. But I think in terms of books, there's a great, great book um, by Sidney Lumet, L-U-M-E-T, called Making Movies. And it's simply the process of how movies are made. And it's kind of the gold standard. So that was, for me, what, what that book, other books like that, I mean, I literally just became, I just devoured everything I could on what makes a good movie, how to tell a better story. And I think that those are better than kind of the, you know, filmmaking one hundred and one books that you get at your at college. Those those help, but just studying from the greats, reading actual filmmakers, watching actual filmmakers, are better than any you know kind of teaching manual that you can get.
1: Yeah. What would you say about Robert McKee's storytelling? Is that too technical, too in depth?
2: (laughs) No, it's fine. I mean, it, it all helps, but like, I, I can tell you some of the best filmmakers of all time don't ne- didn't necessarily read Robert McKee. Yeah. Um, so he he analyzed them and kind of pulled from some of the common themes of 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 their work. But yeah, that's good. there' it's all good, but some of it you'll you'll find that you'll read that book and go, "Wow, that doesn't apply to my favorite movie." So yeah, and someone else may go, "Oh my goodness, that applies perfectly to my favorite movie. So it's all good. you, you some of it's you you want to learn from what not to do. You can learn from what to do. you want to steal from all the best filmmakers. Steven Spielberg says that all the time. He says, "We're all stealing from the, from the filmmakers that came before us. So I just think it's important to, to learn, you know, find out what your favorite filmmaker learned from, you know, yeah. find an interview from him and say, find out what his influential movies were. So I'm constantly, I mean, I have a stack of books next to my bed that I'm reading constantly. Um, I have a, you know, a list of movies I'm going through on my Netflix queue, um, but combined with obviously making, uh, you know, your, your, your quiet time and studying the word, um, that obviously makes you a better storyteller as well, because yeah. God and, and and His Son in the Gospels are are telling a, a beautiful story to, as well. So, but just again, I think th- the key thing is, uh, you know, watch the great filmmakers, learn what they learned from, and start doing it. You know, start telling stories. Just start doing a one minute, a five minute, you know, f- d- a video on your phone. Tell a testimonial video and fail a couple times. Learn what you did wrong. Um, that's, you know, I, I find that, you know, I'm telling even the guys at my church who are working in the videography department, you know, you should be studying cinematography. You should be studying storytelling. Um, you should be studying all of these elements, not just, you know, how to do final cut on your on yeah. your, you know computer, um, but become a storyteller. Just decide that starting right now, I am a storyteller and that influences everything that I do.
1: Love it. Now, that's great input, too. So so rewinding back a little bit, what what were maybe a couple of the creative obstacles that you faced and how you got through them in the making of this film?
2: I think that number one was in the, in the, in the storytelling and the script writing stage, it was very important to me that I tell the story of Gavin actually getting away with pretending to be a Christian. So how do you do that and make that work while not making the church people, particularly the pastor stupid? Yeah. So any good pastor is going to recognize that if someone is, you know, totally faking it. Um, now, if someone like Gavin Stone who has been a celebrity for most of his life he grew up as a child actor um, you know he's very quick on his feet he's a good actor some of that's going he's going to be able to pull off but i have, finding a way to make sure that the other characters weren't stupid And that maybe one of the reasons why they were accepting him was because maybe they knew something was a little off, but they wanted him to be part of the church because they knew it could impact him if there was something missing. Interesting. So the the pastor realizing, okay, something's a little off. He even says this: "I don't think he understands all the things he says about his faith." But isn't this why we do what we do? He says that to his daughter, who is who doesn't really want to work with him because she thinks, you know, he's a bit of a jerk. And he's saying, it's clear that the pastor recognizes that him being a part of this production is going to impact him a lot more than cleaning toilets. And so he's willing to maybe accept the fact that some of his faith um, is remedial. Some of it is he maybe he's missing something, but he's like, well, maybe he is missing something. Maybe he's not fully being upfront with everything that he's going through, but being at this church is going to impact him. So from a pure storytelling perspective, I think that more than anything else, creative obstacles the biggest creative obstacles should be faced and tackled and overcome at the script stage, um, because if you're not solving the problems at that stage, you're, you're going to have a major problem later. So if you and, and and on the other hand, if you do solve them in the script stage, everything after that becomes more about logistics. So, you know, maybe occasionally you have an issue, like for example, Sean Michaels. So. Someone has asked me, you know, who is your favorite actor to work with? Who is your least favorite actor to work with? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to answer yeah. who's my least favorite actor to work with. But Shawn Michaels could be the answer to both those questions. In this way, it was his first movie ever. He's been a famous wrestler, his you know, for the last 25 years. So that that be that was a challenge and a gift. It yeah. was a gift. It was a gift in the sense that he was completely open. He had no bad habits he was completely deferential and and willing to listen to whatever i or the other actors had to say he was a sponge when it came to learning so that was great as a challenge obviously it was his first time so so part of the the process of acting some of these scenes was him knowing how to face the camera him knowing how to hit his mark as they say which is finding where to stand um you know learning how to that we do multiple takes of each scene i mean he was completely learning on the fly you know for the very first time so that was both a challenge and, and a gift. So that was an obstacle, but I believe that obstacles are opportunities. I don't want to sound like I'm giving some sort of coaching cliche, but <laughs> every creative obstacle is an opportunity to solve a problem, and solving problems is what makes stories come alive. So. Um, all, the, you, know, the major creative obstacles came at the script stage um, for sure, and I would challenge anyone who's doing a movie or even a short film. The majority of the time that you spend should come at the script stage. Do not start shooting until you and the people you're working with and the people you are testing, you know people who maybe are testing your project to see if they like it, that, that everyone is on board. This script works at that point. The problems that come after that are minor compared to the problem of making sure that your story is told well.
1: Yeah, that's that's great input, and I think, like you mentioned, the heart of the story is that script and where you're going. So poke as many holes in it as possible before yep. moving forward, for sure. So let me jump to this too. Like I know that as we talk about um, films or faith-friendly films, um, there's a sense of like trying to create your you know, world-building in movies and in storytelling, and we're trying to give a credible amount of characterization which would include some grit and maybe some sin that's plugged into there how do you build that balance of like trying to i mean share enough worldly input to kind of create characters foundations in their transformation later um, right. with not turning off your audience who might be struggling with something that's too too far
2: so this is the biggest problem that faith-based movies are facing right now i believe and uh, as a filmmaker and a storyteller um, who's been called by God, I believe, to tell stories uh, of impact in the church and outside the church. So the power of the gospel is that it redeems the, 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 the least of these. It redeems the prostitute. It redeems the, the murderer. It redeems the characters in the Old Testament who, if turned into movies, would be for sure rated R. Um, how do you address that accurately and fully while recognizing that the vast majority of of the Christian audience wants PG rated or family friendly films. I ultimately believe that where we are headed is a variety of films. There 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 is going to be a great rated R Christian movie because there has already been one, and that was Passion of the Christ. Sure. Um, So there's going to be more of those eventually, and we're going to have to recognize that There's a certain segment of the Christian market that is not going to appreciate or want to watch a darker, edgier, faith-based film because they simply don't want to see or hear some of the ugly things that happen in people's lives portrayed on film. Maybe they're willing to hear about them in church, but they're not willing to watch it on film, and that's okay. That's okay for two reasons. One, it's okay if they don't want to go to the movie theater to see some of the things that they've maybe already overcome themselves or some of the things that they've heard before, and they just that's just not why they watch movies. And yeah. that's okay. It's also okay because um, not every movie needs to be that way. Sure. Sometimes movies are just for entertainment. Sometimes movies are just to get a, a bit of an escape. But there does need to be room in the industry and in the Christian marketplace for genuine films that tell the truth about the ugly sides of sin even the worst sins that doesn't mean we can titillate but it does mean that we should be able to get real and raw and show just how far someone can sometimes have to go to find grace and that gets ugly we're not there yet because as of right now the only market within the christian market which is very different the christian market is very wide and has lots of different segments to it the only segment of the market that is actively and regularly showing up and easier to market to and is efficient in reaching with the money that you spend is the market that likes movies like war room and, and God's not dead and that's fine. And that's great, but we've got to figure out how to communicate better and how to market better to that segment of the of the market who wants something different. And so far that segment of the market hasn't shown up in large enough numbers to justify some of the money that needs to be spent. Now, part of the reason is because we haven't made good enough films for that market. Yeah. So, so some of the times we, we've made attempts to be a little bit more raw and real. The films just weren't good enough. So I'm trying with Gavin Stone to move the needle a little bit. Okay, this movie isn't really a sermon. It doesn't fit quite in the same box as War Room or God's Not Dead. But it's also not... Um, rated R it's not trying to rewrite the rule book when it comes to raw and edgy filmmaking it's PG yeah it's you know it's it's it is ultimately family friendly but it does move the needle it is a little bit more raw than maybe your average faith-based film it's got a lot of humor in it which is a little bit different got some sarcasm got some satire the main character who's not a believer actually has an impact on the christian characters who yeah. are believers they learn a little bit too they have some flaws that need to be overcome The main female character, the female lead, Kelly, the pastor's daughter, uh, has her own issues that she needs to overcome, that Gavin, as an outsider, actually helps her see. That's a little bit unique. So I'm just trying to move the needle um, in that direction. But ultimately, my goal is is that in five years, six years, seven years, that I'm able to make a movie that um, pushes the envelope, not just for the sake of pushing the envelope, but that can actually accurately portray some of the sin that is present in um, the lives of even Christians and how they overcome it, because I think that's even more powerful than a, a movie about a Christian that overcomes you know, a problem in, in parenting, for, for instance. Yeah. That's interesting. That's important. That's necessary. But we also need to tell stories of people who have even more explicitly you know, raw, explicitly, uh, devastating problems to deal with that sometimes the church can be uncomfortable with.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great perspective. And and some of that kind of goes into like looking at the future of faith-based, I mean, films. I think that does paint a big picture. It needs to be broader. I know the obstacles of funding. I mean, again, like what you've created on the budget you've created is, I mean, comparable is pretty wild to think through, I mean, in the Hollywood industry because it is like they're the film budget comparison is just out of this world for sure.
0: Right. Yeah,
2: so if you're going to spend, you know, money to make a film that is let's say it's PG-13 or rated R or is a little bit more raw, you better go into it knowing how you're going to reach an audience for that film. And so if you're if you're telling a faith-based story, there may be a segment of the mainstream audience that doesn't want to see it. And so you've got to, you know, find okay, is there a large enough segment within the Christian audience who's willing to watch a film like this? But number one, it's got to be great. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're going to make a film that is uh, is a drama, um, that isn't an uh, action adventure, you know, comic book spectacle, or isn't a lower budget film that is primarily a, a sermon or a, a discipleship movie like War Room, um, you know, you're going to have to spend some money and 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 recognize we better know where our audience is and how to reach them, and we better be good enough for them to want to go fork over money to, to see this movie on a weekend in a theater. And that's so far proven to be very challenging. The code hasn't been cracked yet. Yeah. So, um, over time, hopefully we, we will.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, using Noah, the film as an instance, it's of knowing the audience and what they can tolerate and what they love. And like you said, kind of feeling, nailing that down early and understanding that very authentically is really important
2: for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and Noah was created by a filmmaker who is an atheist. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that's like I, I no, I don't think that Christians were too surprised that movie didn't do very well. So you 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 know you have an opportunity to tell a story from the Bible, whether it's Noah or or, or Exodus, and if you take that opportunity and and aren't even trying deeply to connect with the core Christian audience first, um, that that's a major problem. So yeah. bridging that gap is is a huge uh, task, and uh, you know the code was cracked with Passion of the Christ, but it hasn't uh, you know, and and blindside to a certain extent, but you know, that, those movies are few and far between we've got to get, we've got to get better.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. And, uh, so I, I'm definitely a firm believer that we need more Christian artists doing great work for the glory of God in their craft. And I think that's what you're doing and it's great to follow your work and your passion with that too. And uh, as, as we wrap up this interview, I'd kind of like to know what can ministry leaders and pastors do to help the success of this film or how would you encourage them to engage?
2: Well, I, I mean this genuinely because I'm a, I work at a church and I love the church. So I, 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 this isn't a cynical thing or, or, a, or a marketing ploy to say this, but I believe that this movie will benefit the church. Uh, we, we, we've been saying this over the last couple months. A lot of faith-based movies ask churchgoers to come to the theater. We believe this movie can get moviegoers to come to church. Um, this is a movie that's essentially a commercial For the impact and power of church, it's the. I I think honestly, I think it's the only faith-based movie out there that, at least that I've seen, that uses church as its primary setting and and means of communication about what you know. What what it's the central of the faith story. So some faith movies are about prayer or about. Uh, you know, uh, football team or whatever it is. This movie is pr- pr- specifically about church and how church can be a tool to bring someone closer to Christ. So, because of that, and because the main character is an outsider, this movie is also uniquely appealing to outsiders and non-churchgoers. I've and we know that because we've heard it. We did test screenings um, that included non-churchgoers. We've done screenings where people were filling out anonymous comment cards. Um, and whether they filled out the anonymous comment card or came up to me afterwards when they found out I was the director and through tears said, I want to go to a church that's like the one in this movie, or I haven't been to church in years and now I want to go back. I believe that pastors can use this movie as a tool to not only to encourage their congregants and not only for their congregants to enjoy a funny movie that has a lot of meaning and heart and that also reminds them of grace and reminds them of the story of Jesus, but also that they can share with their non-Christian friends and not have to apologize for it. They can say, this is a real movie with real actors who, some of whom aren't even, you know, who came from Hollywood and aren't necessarily believers who are on the set experiencing some of the same things that the characters in this movie are experiencing. And that on opening weekend if you rent a screen or if you send a group to the theater particularly if you rent a screen you are able to you're allowed to say whatever you want before and after the movie so playing the movie and saying to your you know the friends who came along perhaps as an outreach event hey look our church is like the church in this movie our church welcomes without judgment we love without condition we forgive without limits those are the three themes of the movie and the three themes of the sermon series that James McDonald did kind of, uh, you know, inspired by the the main theme of this movie, which is when the pastor's daughter says, this is what we do. Gavin is rocked by grace, rocked by forgiveness, doesn't quite understand it. Why are you guys forgiving me? And she says, this is what we do. And that encapsulates what the church should be. Um, Obviously, the church is about discipleship. Obviously, the church is about, uh, to some extent, judgment, showing people where their sin is, but in terms of welcoming and outsiders, we we do that unconditionally, and um, so I know this is a very long answer to your question, and you might have to do some ed- editing. Uh, <laughs> no, I love it. Down. It's great. But but the reason that I'm talking so much about it is because for me, it's not just about hey, here's how you can help the movie. Make sure people go buy tickets, and opening weekend, if we. You know, buy enough tickets, the movie will succeed, and we'll send a message to Hollywood that they need more faith-based movies. Yes, that's always true, and I believe that your pastors and leaders have heard that message now a dozen times with a dozen faith-based movies. That's always true, and we don't deny that that's true in this case as well. But we really want people who show up on Friday night to see this movie to also be there on Sunday morning in church, and I think that this movie is uniquely positioned to accomplish that might not bring everybody to Christ, but I do believe it will bring a lot of people to church.
1: Excellent. No, that's great input. And we'll make sure in this podcast, on the podcast page, to include links um, so that people can click through for the resources, um, for more information on the film, but really encourage our readers to engage this film, check it out. And uh, Dallas, thanks so much for being a part and uh, joining us on the podcast and appreciate the work you do.
0: Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me on. Well, thanks again to Dallas Jenkins for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and also consider sending this episode to somebody you know who might benefit from listening to it. Also, be sure to download the show notes for this episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. In those show notes, we include resources mentioned in the show and links to some of our guest top content on churchleaders.com. If you have ideas for how we can improve this podcast or guests you'd love to hear us interview, email us at podcast at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.
2: You've been
1: listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.